What's going on, guys? Welcome to Crunch Time. On today's show, we got the Bulls meltdown, Blake Griffin returning to the Clippers, an early look at the playoffs, and much more. You guys are listening to Summit Jody and Robin Chowdhury, and this is Crunch Time. Let's go. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Crunch Time. It's Summit. It's Robin. You guys are tuning in. Robin, what's wrong with the Chicago Bulls? Please tell me. I have been going over this in my head all week, and that team is not a team anymore. It's just a gong show at this point. I honestly don't know. They've dropped their last 22 out of their last 32 games. The last 22 out of the last 32 games. They've These lost. guys look like Philly out there. So they've only won 10 of the last 32 games. I don't know what's happening. What do you think it is? Man. A lot of it was... Because I think they start. Did they start losing when Jimmy Butler went out? I think that's what happened. Yeah, they lost a little bit when he went out, and then he came back, and then I guess they just couldn't find their their rhythm again. He came back. He hasn't even been playing well since he came back. Yeah, this last week he's averaging like twelve points or something. I don't know. It's like he's yeah. not even the same player anymore. He, you know what he said? He's like, um, darn, what did he say? Yeah, he's like, my knee's not the same, and then, but then he's like, I feel like I'm hurting this team if I don't play, and then he's like, but I don't know what to do because I don't feel like. I'm the, still the player that I used to be before my, like, injury. Wait, do you think it's, like, did he say it's permanent or did he say he can, like, fix it with surgery or something like that? I don't know. He, I don't think he said anything like that. But I think he's saying that his knee isn't good right now. Like, you know what I mean? But he says that he still wants to play because he wants to help the team. Man, maybe it's a Chicago thing. Maybe, like, maybe it's, like, the Derrick Rose curse in Chicago. Yeah, the whole injury thing. Here's my problem with Chicago. You are the Chicago Bulls. You guys are a historic franchise, you know? And on top of that, you're being paid to be professional basketball players. That's not even... I'm not even a Bulls fan. But when you guys are being paid millions of dollars to like, <laughs> I can already see it frustrating you when you're talking about it. Man, I can't... I don't know. I just... You're a professional athlete. You're being paid mil- millions of dollars. On top of that, you're wearing the legendary Bulls jersey and you guys can't even put the courage in and put the effort in to compete okay like I don't understand it your entire city is watching you I'm not even a Bulls fan and I'm watching you and (laughs) it's just sad I just can't there's no fire you guys are it's useless it's just sad (laughs) to watch man fucking Detroit is right there and they're playing with okay okay let me put this in perspective you're a huge Knicks fan okay no I was gonna say this (laughs) okay listen the Bulls the Bulls can make the playoffs okay they can make the playoffs they won't win anything, okay? But they can make the playoffs. Just because you can't win anything in the playoffs isn't a reason for you to not try to make the playoffs, okay? Yeah. If that was, like, a proper mindset that you could have, then the Knicks, they'd be 0-81 and 81 right now, like, I, or whatever their record is. Like, look at the Knicks. They have nothing to play for right now, but they play with more freaking passion than the Bulls do. The, the Bulls lost to the Knicks back-to-back, <laughs> and then Orlando yesterday. Dwayne that was looked like Shaquille O'Neal and Hakeem Olajuwon put together. My favorite highlight of this season was the Knicks being Chicago back to back. It's retarded. They, Chicago for the longest time. Chicago for the longest time has been, you know, we're a defense first team. You know, the defense is what drives us, and you know that's our identity. Dwayne Dedman, that guy on the on Orlando, ninety five percent of the like NBA fans don't even know who Dwayne Dedman Summit, is. They probably think he's Dwayne, like some waiter or who something. Is or Dwayne like, Dedman? I did not hear this guy until yesterday. This guy had like a double double yesterday, and this guy, freaking only the Bulls, only the Bulls can make this guy look like Hakeem Olajuwon and Tim Duncan. Like this guy's just, <laughs> this guy had the game of his life, and of course it came against Todd the useless Gibson. piece of shit Bulls. He dunked on Todd Gibson, stared him down. And I was like, Yo, who the fuck are you to stare him down? I don't even know who you <laughs> are. <laughs> God, freaking anybody could do that. To, like, I, they, I, who's a useless player? I don't know. Like, 
fact, Lance Stevenson could dunk on freaking Todd Gibson and stare him down right now, and I'd be okay with that. You could I don't... say Isaiah Thomas because he can't dunk, so that makes sense, right? Yeah, man. Even freaking Steve Kerr right now could okay. put a jersey on and dunk on Todd okay. Gibson. I don't. I think you're you're a little bit too harsh on them because um, you have to keep in mind their defensive anchor, man. Like Joakim Noah was their defensive anchor, and he's not been there most the entire season. Yeah, that's a good point. And I actually. feel like ever since ever since he went out there, like you know what I mean? Like when he's on the floor, he's like communicating with everyone. He's so into it. He's always talking on defense. Like he's based he anchors their defense, like pretty much. Ever since he's been out, like he hasn't been there, I just feel like their their defense has gone to shit. Okay, but that being said, chances are this team is going to either break up completely or they're definitely gonna lose some pieces. In this offseason, does that mean the Bulls? I think. Okay, this is what I think. Let me get, let me give you give you my theory. Yeah. So I think there are two teams in the league that are at that stage, where it's like, you know, we we're not gonna you know shut down and reboot and stuff, but they're definitely gonna like update their their roster. So they're not gonna restart. They're not gonna tank or anything like that. Yeah. But they're definitely going. Into, they're gonna go into that you know phase. I think um, Chicago is one team that's gonna do that. They're gonna. Just, you know, get rid of all the garbage pieces that they have, which at this point is their entire team. And then then after that, they're going to put pieces around Jimmy Butler because they've decided as like him for their franchise player. And then I think they're going to start making the climb once again. I don't think they're going to be, be properly competitive. Like when I say competitive, I mean enough to win a championship. I don't think they're going to be you properly know, competitive They have for such a while. solid pieces, man. Like they, I think they just need like a, a couple additions, maybe one or two. Man, Powell's gonna leave next year, and Joakim. People are talking about Joakim in New, like in like New York or the I Lakers he, or something. I really hope he comes to New York. I want that defense and that you know think, like the heart what? that Joakim Noah brings. Man, Joakim Noah. You hear him scream when he plays. Man, he'll, <laughs> he'll get a block and be like, ah! <laughs> you know what I mean? Like flexing his arms and screaming at the top of his lungs. I know. Honestly, you don't realize how much you miss that kind of stuff until yeah, he's injured. It's true, though, man. If I had a guy like that on my team, oh, man. <laughs> you, you know, you just like... Chow, you're that guy on our team. No, I'm not. You're definitely that guy on our team. All when you do is scream. Screaming? I'm never screaming. We know someone on our team that's always screaming. Yeah, that's true. Actually, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you... Okay, this is what I'm... This is what I think. Or actually, this is what I'm going to ask. Do you think the Bulls will make the playoffs? They're, they have this no season? energy right now. They have no fire. What do you think? They're not going to make playoffs this season. Detroit's Intentionally? Are, Detroit or do you think they'll try to? Um, well, they're always, you can't be in the ninth seed and not try to. Like, I mean, the team should try to, but I don't know. I can't really, we can't really talk for the players and if they're going to put effort in it or not. But Detroit's two games ahead of them right now, so I think they have three more wins. And one or two less losses. But do you think Detroit has a better chance of beating Cleveland, or do you think Chicago does? I think Chicago does for sure. Did, I think so fuck, too. The Cavs are going to destroy Detroit if Detroit takes the eighth seed. Yeah, man, the Cavs are another issue. I don't know what the Cavs are doing either. Like everything they do revolves around LeBron. Like these guys take days, like nights off every single time. Did you and I honestly don't know if they win it today this or one this former, year. This one former player, he said that. He's like, if I had somebody on my team that's had one foot in and one foot out and is constantly saying that we need to be a championship team, like, I, w- I wouldn't really try for that player if he was the leader. Like, he's talking about LeBron. Really? Yeah, because that's, you know what I mean? Like, everybody knows that LeBron really, really, really wants to win a championship. And all um, imagine if you had him on your team and you know, you know he's LeBron James, you know he's in it for rings. And if he doesn't make 
if he doesn't get the ring this year, you're obviously wondering to yourself, shit, is he going to stay here next year? Like, what's going to happen? You know what I mean? Do you think LeBron could leave again? Fuck, you never know with LeBron, man. He could. Yo, what you said just now about the whole, about the one foot in, one foot out thing, that describes LeBron James perfectly in Cleveland right now. It's like, perfectly. you're just in it. Like, he's just in the situation to see if he's going to get it. Like, if he doesn't, I feel like he'll just... He'll just leave. Like, I feel like he, like, everyone knows this. He's totally regretting this whole Cleveland situation at least a little bit. Man, Miami has bounced back after him. Yeah. That's They're what competitive I'm again. They look good. Yeah, they actually look good. But I'm saying, like, think about it. When he went on Miami, he was with Dwayne Wade, who already won a championship. He's with Chris Bosh, who's been in the playoffs a couple times. But he was an, he's a perennial all star by the time he went to Miami with Chris Bosh, right? Which, by the way, it was actually supposed to be. Melo that went there with them, not Chris Bosh. I think they only took Chris Bosh into Miami because Melo fucked that whole plan up. <laughs> we'll get to that later, Chouts. Yeah. Don't get too anyways, emotional yet. But yeah, so yeah, so he goes there. He's with a bunch of experienced players, right? But he's coming here into Ka- into Ka- into Cleveland, where Kyrie Irving has never been to the playoffs. Kevin Love has never been to the playoffs, and now he has to baby them and pretty much help them get through all of this and help them get experience throughout this whole thing. On top of that, Kevin Love missed most of the playoffs last year and Kyrie missed the finals last year so I mean it's very unlikely that's going to go well for them this year in the finals be- just not because of how how good they are how bad they are it's just the whole chemistry thing you need like you can't get one year's worth of team chemistry and go win a championship next year I mean at this point it's like almost two years of chemistry but also I think matchups are a huge part of it there's that report that came out recently. I know we're going to go to this later, but it just fits in here yeah. that um, Andre Iguodala might not be back as soon as expected. And Andre Iguodala is huge for the Golden State Warriors because everybody knows, you know, the finals this year will either be Cleveland against San Antonio or versus Golden State. Yeah. If it's versus Golden State, um, I don't know. I think they have a chance. You think the Cavs have a chance? I think so. I think they have a better chance this year than they do than they did last year. The only reason why I would feel that the Cavs would have a chance is just because you know how determined LeBron James is to not lose this year. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the Cavs will be healthy this year, assuming nobody gets injured again. Yeah. But otherwise, you know, they if health is good and, you know, they have a little bit of luck on their side, I yeah. think they have a chance. Yeah, for sure. Plus, when LeBron James is determined, man, that guy can be freaking monstrous. Remember his numbers last yeah, he was, season? He was getting like 15 boards in the finals. Like 40 points a game or something crazy. It was disgusting. Yeah, it was crazy. But you, you If he can do that with a garbage team without Kevin Love and Kyrie... I think the potential is there for them to, to make some noise in the finals this year. Yeah, but who do you think, like, you know what I mean? Like, the biggest thing about a championship team, you need you need the role players, the supporting cast, right? Yeah. Who is that supporting cast on Cleveland? I think Channing Fry was a crazy good addition addition for their team. Channing Fry was great. He's a veteran, too, so he can hopefully yeah. get J.R. Smith and, like, Shumpert and them in line. Yeah. Plus, dude, like, even when you watched the finals last year, Shumpert's defense was great. Like, I, that's why I love Iman Shumpert. I hated it when he left, when he had to leave New York, because his his defense was really solid. You like Iman Shumpert, man? Every time I see Iman Shumpert shoot, like, I don't even look at the net. I just, like, oh. every time I see him put it up, I just look at, the like, the other side of the TV, because yeah. I know they're going to be running back to get that, him back on defense. It's going to be a miss. Yeah, that's his prop. Like, offensively, he sucks. But, I mean, as a defensive as a defensive guard, he's really good. Yeah, also on Cleveland, I mean, you have so much offense around you. So, having a person who's strictly, like, you know, primarily defense-focused, like Iman Shumpert, I think that also does them some good as well. But you know, like you know how Miami had had who did they have? They had Ray Allen, they had Mike Miller, 
they had those like those random guys that would, would, would give them key shots when they needed it. You know what I mean? Yeah, if Cleveland has that in in Channing Fry, and they even have James Jones, like those kind of guys. Even um, what's his name? We can't even forget uh, Matthew Delvadova because this time he'll be coming off the bench, right? So that would be yeah, solid yeah. too. Yeah, I think they definitely have a better chance than they than they did last year. Yeah, but. You know, we'll wait and see. You know who else has a good chance? Not a great chance, but a good chance to make some noise in the playoffs this year? Mm. The Clippers. Yeah, Blake Griffin's coming back, right? Well, he's yeah. in his four-game suspension right now, I think, starting today. I think, okay, so here's what I think about the Clippers and Blake Griffin. Okay. People are talking, like, ever since Blake Griffin went out, everyone's like, you know, oh, my God, the Clippers are doing so well. Maybe they're better without Blake Griffin. You're not better that's, without Blake Griffin. You can't be a better team. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, that the Clippers are better without Blake Griffin, <laughs> honestly. Because they had such a good record after Blake Griffin, like, got injured. So everyone's like, oh, maybe this is the key. No. Maybe it should be CP and DeAndre. No, you – okay, this is what I think. I think the Clippers can win games without Blake Griffin, but they can't be winners without Blake Griffin, you know? Like, yeah. you can win a game here or there, but you can't compete with the elite teams – and you can't win the title without Blake Griffin. Dude, so who, that's just a garbage statement. The leader, the leader of this team is Chris Paul. Okay, like we know, Chris Paul is one of the smartest guards, one of the smartest players in the NBA. Okay, I'm sure he knows what it takes. Although he hasn't won a championship, I'm sure he has an idea of what it takes to win one. Right. So when your leader is saying something, I'm quoting Chris Paul right now. He's like. We're in it for a championship, and there's not going to be a championship without Blake Griffin. That's specifically what he said. Yeah, so you can't tell me that they're better off without Blake Griffin. He's averaging 24 points, 9 rebounds, and 5 assists during like during this season, which is crazy. Like, he's basically the second playmaker on this team. Yeah, no, definitely. You can't fill a void with those numbers, you know? Like, yeah. no amount of Austin Rivers and Jamal Crawford pulling up from court. And Wesley Johnson, and even Jeff Green is going to make up for Blake Griffin. And I feel like when with him coming back, it's going to be so much better. And I feel like for Jeff Green, there's just going to be so much less pressure on him, right? Yeah, definitely. That's a great point. I agree he with came that. In, he came in thinking, shit, like, Blake Griffin's gone. I'm going to have to score a lot. And we, this guy's one of the most inconsistent players ever. All the Clippers wanted him to do was just come off the bench and score, score the ball a bit, right? I don't know. Is he going to come off the bench when Blake Griffin's back? No, Jeff Green plays small forward. Oh, he starts? I think so. Yeah. Well, either, especially when Griffin's back, that guy just all he does is need to average 12, 13 points a game and play defense. That's all. Yeah. I mean, with Jeff Green, they also got Paul Pierce, you know, who hopefully yeah. will be good to go by the playoffs. I think Clippers have a I, Clippers are a team with high potential. That's what I think. Yeah. But Summit, let me ask you this. Why? Why do you think they can never, you know, they can't get past that hump in the playoffs? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. It's always in the end, closing games and things like yeah. that. I think they get to like I think they get away from from what they do um, from like their identity and stuff in the in the last little bit because they don't know what to do. Then they get frantic. They start throwing the ball Dude, around. Chris Paul just like chucks something random up and something. You know, everyone's thing, like, "Oh, Chris Paul's not clutch." One thing I hate about the Clippers, poss- this is probably why I I don't really root for them, is because they complain so much. Yo, 100%. They're oh the biggest God. whiners in the entire like NBA. They cry about every single call. You literally see him, Blake Griffin, Dion. Like it's their whole team. It's like contagious. It's even like, Doc. Even Doc. Dude. Doc is leading the cheers of cries. But we know Doc Rivers though. He's always like, you know, he's always out loud about what he thinking, what he thinks about the game and stuff like that. Yeah, man. Like every you, you, you can like watch a Clipper game and something tiny will happen on one end of the court and 
you will just hear Doc Rivers like through the mics of the freaking commentators <laughs> just screaming. That's why that's, he, that dude, is that's who Doc Rivers has, is. That's why he has no voice. Yeah, that's <laughs> even talk. He doesn't even have a voice. Yeah. Can you can the Clippers win it all? Because like, okay, so how the playoff thing is set right now? We were talking about this earlier, yeah. but they'll verse the Grizzlies in the first round, and because the Grizzlies, Grizzlies are so injured, there's probably a good chance that they'll get past them. But then the way everything's set up, the chances are they probably end up versing. Golden State well, in the second whoever, round. The chances wins, of them beating them are not good. Whoever wins from the fourth and fifth seed is gonna gonna play the Golden State Warriors no matter what, because there's no way that the Golden State is gonna lose to whoever takes the eighth spot, whether it's uh, Houston, Utah, or who's the other person, who's the other team fighting? Dallas. Right? Dallas, yeah. So, but the cool I, thing I is, really Dallas, hope it's did, Dallas did beat Golden State once. At the no, point. I really hope it's Houston. Houston's yeah. another team that just like they don't know what they're doing. They're just a mess right now as well. Yeah, we could. We should totally but, make a segment where we just talk about the biggest messes, like the biggest. You know what I mean? The most messed up. Just teams the most in the trash NBA. teams in the league. <laughs> we could have like a three-hour show just about that. Yeah, but how do you? Okay, if okay, if the Clippers do play Golden State in the second round, how do you think they can beat Golden State? What do you think they have to do to beat Golden State? I think their defense has to be ridiculous. Yeah. And especially if Andre Iguodala is not out, which is just a huge lift for them. I think I think the way to beat the clip or beat, beat Golden State is you have to stop Steph Curry. Yeah. I think cuz Steph Curry, yeah, he's like the, you know, he's their best player in terms of scoring and stats and all that stuff, but you also have to stop Steph Curry in terms of like the team spirit. Cuz if Steph Curry plays bad or if he can't, you That's, know, yeah. get the team going, I think that'll hurt them at first. And also, if your best defender is on Draymond Green, or yeah, Jamon Green. Then I think that'll you know that'll make things difficult for the for the Warriors. Okay. Um. First of all, yeah, you're right about the whole Steph Curry thing because the first key to to actually try to beat them is to stop Steph Curry. Although that's not going to be that's not going to work just by stopping Steph Curry, but that is the first step, right? Um, yeah. But the whole uh, JJ Redick and Clay Thompson matchup would be dope. Can JJ Redick guard Clay Thompson? That, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. I know offensively these two will be crazy, but I think defensively Clay Thompson is better. Can stop Redick more than Redick can stop Clay. Yeah, Clay Thompson's got size on JJ Redick. He can just take JJ into the post and just put you know shoot over him. But I mean, what do you think they would do if like I, I was thinking that because you know Blake Griffin plays can can play the center, right? If he plays the center when Golden State plays a small ball lineup, uh, Blake Griffin can guard Draymond Green. I feel like that'll help so much. But then what, what the hell is DeAndre going to do? Yeah, definitely. But then, DeAndre's free throws is also going to be a problem for the Clippers. Yeah. But I mean, Bogut can't shoot free throws, so. I think you have to have a quick defender and a and a large, you know, a big defender, Andre Green. because Draymond Green's a playmaker. That's how he gets the team going. He's their engine. Yeah. So if you can somehow stop the engine think, of the Golden State I Warriors, think I think that, you can beat them. I honestly think Blake Griffin can stop him. I feel like if DeAndre has to guard Draymond Green, it's going to be a really big problem. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. It's the same thing for every team that plays Golden State defense and you need to be able to hit clutch shots because you know that they're going to hit clutch shots one after another but you have to be able to come back with one right after like to counter their counter their shots each time yeah golden state will also beat you in transition as well so you have to get back on defense yeah because they're going to beat you quick and they're going to beat you hard so whether it's a layup or you know a wide open three on the fast break yeah you got to be ready for that pretty much you just you have to play perfect like that's how good of a team they are. You just have to play. There's no room for any mistake whatsoever. But on top of playing perfect. Yeah, there's no perfect, margin of error. On top of playing perfect, just you just got to watch out for... There's so many threats, but I mean, in in order, I'd probably say Curry, 
Draymond and Clay, those three. You think Dre's a bigger threat than Clay? Yeah. Because of his passing ability. Yeah, if you can stop him from running down the floor, I feel like that'll take away a lot of things from Golden State. How are you gonna stop Dre, Draymond Green from running down the floor? Fuck Just trip him. Know. Get back on transition <laughs> ASAP. <laughs> Get in front of him. Shout out, guys. It's time for the Bop of the Week, the Breakout Player of the Week, Crunch Time Edition. Right. You got your Bop? Uh, yeah, I do. Chatter guy, our Bop music, please. Bop of the Week. And <laughs> Summit, your Bop, bop of the week. the week. My Bop of the Week on the Lakers yet again is Julius Randle. <laughs> 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 Julius Randle? Oh, he got a triple-double. He did. He just oh. had his first triple-double a little while ago. Okay. I think last game he had his first triple-double. And especially with uh, D'Angelo Russell out now for, for a little while, I think he has potential to get even bigger mm-hmm. or and even, you know, even better. This past week, he averaged 15 points a game, 16 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, almost 2 blocks on... 59% shooting from the field and 88% shooting from the free throw line. In the words of the great Kobe Bryant, he is Lamar Odom in a Zach Randolph body. Preach! <laughs> Who is your... My, my bop of the week is one of my favorite rookies of this year. And no, it's not Christos Porzingis. It's Devin Booker uh-huh. of the Phoenix Suns. You think oh, he yeah. could be the franchise player for Phoenix? I don't like the whole idea of being a franchise player. I mean, no, I don't think he can be a franchise player for Phoenix, but he is really good man like this guy can score he can distribute he can play defense he can get to the cup when we first saw Devin Booker we thought this guy was just a shooter we saw him in the three-point contest his he has a gorgeous form yeah like these last this last month he's averaging 22 points five assists right but this guy's been getting to the hole way more than I thought he could like he can shoot on top of that. He can he can get past his defender and get straight to the cup. He had 28 against Kobe the other day, which was pretty dope. And yeah, I think he's a really versatile player. I think he has the potential to be Clay Thompson, but yeah. a better playmaker. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly what he is. Yeah. And yeah. it's his first year. He's not even 20, man. Like a ma- this year's rookie class has been crazy, man. Man, when you see, when you hear about their ages. And you realize how young they are, and you're older than Devin Booker, and this guy's rolling in money right now, and he's just, you know, he's doing what he's doing out there on the NBA floors. It's just amazing to see. He's a good-looking guy, too, man. (laughs) Yeah, he's a good-looking guy, too. (laughs) Devin Booker, you have Crunch Time's approval. It's not funny at all. He's good-looking. He's hot stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But, guys, that's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Summit. That's Robin. This is the Crunch Time Podcast, and we will see you guys next time. See ya.